But like when I struggle the most is obviously in the middle of the night, but also like first thing in the morning when I'm just trying to like get myself ready for the new day. You know, like I feel like once mm-hmm. I can get to about eight o'clock, I've kind of caught my second wind and I'm like, all right, this is just what I got to do today. But man, when we're up, yeah. we're, we're normally up at about like anywhere from one to two ish AM. He's up for about an hour and then he's up again from anywhere from like three thirty to five. And then I try to get mm-hmm. a quick nap again from like five ish to like six, six thirty. But that stretch right there is the most brutal for me personally. So are we are we are we grabbing coffees? Are we drinking energy drinks? Other, I mean, are we just is it? Are we? I, trying I, to I, I, I got nap? a question. So are you guys bot? Are you guys bottle feeding? Too. So we're uh, yeah, my wife is you're breast- not a dad. You're not a dad. Well, I know, but I'm saying I got questions because I'm yeah. not one. So the question uh, to your uh, to your question, I said yes. Coffee yeah. is is I'm definitely drinking more of it for sure. Yeah. But I'm still a guy. I don't like to be dependent on something. Yeah. So course. there's still days where I try to go without it. <laughs> and those days are hard right there. Um, but, but yeah. they were, uh, she's breastfeeding, um, but she's also like pumping. And so like, we're using bottles too. We're doing both. And so mm-hmm. I don't get the, the free hall pass in the middle of the night because we're bottle feeding in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And so I'm up doing the bottle feeding in the middle of the night. Yeah. So my wife is, uh, I got the hall pass right now, you know, she, <laughs> I mean, but she, I mean, she, so I wake up this morning and I'm like, whoa, and I'm just exhausted, but I'm like, well, I haven't, I haven't woken up since 12. <laughs> He's crying right now. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I was like, I haven't woken up since 12. Like I've slept for six hours. I said, this is great. And then I will turn over to Brooke. I said, Brooke, how are you? She's like, I slept for two hours. I said, Yikes. I know. I know. I was like, you can wake me up. She was like, she was like, by the point like that I've already fed him and he uses the restroom. It's like, I'm not going to wake you up at that point. Like I'm already up. So I'm just going to change. I was like, you know, you got a servant heart, honey. So this is why I married you, but I feel terrible that I can't help you. The best sleep I've gotten literally are the two recruiting weekends we had. And I was out of town. Wow. Oh, Oh, that says I've been home. I've been home. I mean, it's been, it's rough. It's rough sleeping, man. It's mm-hmm. basically like two stretches of anywhere from like, I'd say two and a half to three and a half hours, two stretches of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I, say, so you're just looking for naps anywhere and everywhere right now. Yeah. But the problem is see, like you can get home from work. I mean, I get home, I got home today at like four 30 and like she wanted to shower cause she's been doing stuff all day. So like I yeah. came home and right away I was like dealing with him. Yeah. So I honestly, have not, I, I have not gotten a nap in a really long time. Yeah. So I, I, I do have a question. I do have a question. Like what they always say, like the moment, you know, you have a child, like your life changes, like you, you like your eyes are like, it's just a, a, a life altering moment. What, what have Nathan, you, yours was born, what, two weeks ago almost. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler, you were, you said you were March 30th. What, what, what was one of the things that kind of just y'all that just kind of, like overwhelmed, what, what were you overwhelmed with that moment that, that y'all just, you know, that y'all just both experienced? I mean, what, what, what moment overwhelmed you? What kind of, what was, what was going on? Oh, just what also it, when you answer that as well, what went into the name Luca? That's, that's for you too, Nathan. That's for you too. That's, the name just, Luca. That's, that's not just for coach. Ty- that's oh, for you, I thought it was just for, no, y'all both experienced like a life altering event. I just want to know like kind of what yeah. it's been like since it's happened. Yeah. Um, for me, honestly, and Nate may feel differently about this, um, 
but I remember talking to my preacher prior to, you know, us having Luca and I didn't have this just like overwhelming, like love and joy like my wife did. I mean, she was like, he's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And you know, all that. And I, I definitely think that's a, that's motherly instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, my more life altering was um, thinking in the future of, okay, now I have someone that is under my guidance that I'm going to, you know, have to, you know, show right from wrong. And so mine is more a, almost like a delayed anxiety of when he has a a mind that can think through things and he looks to me for advice. Um, I think that's where it was life changing for me because right away you just, you have this, um, you have more of an overwhelming um, sense of I'm responsible for a human being for the next however many years I have, you know, on this mm-hmm. earth yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that, that you do not have prior. Um, yeah. And then um, Nate, to your question, Luca. So my wife is from former Yugoslavia. Um, her, um, okay. her mom was uh, Croatian dad, Serbian or no, her mom was Serbian, her dad, Croatian. Um, and so she wanted to use names from, uh, from her home country. Mm-hmm. And she also loves Luka Doncic. That's her favorite NBA player. And so he wasn't really named after Luka. We more so just liked the name. Um, okay. But a lot of Lukas currently are L-U-C-A because that's kind of the Americanized mm. version. But we went with Luka mm. L-U-K-A from her home country. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah. I, so that was going to be my next question is, did it come from Luka? Like, did you get it from Luka Doncic? So that's, that's great. Hey, you um, guys- bro, I mean – Asa, what would you say? Uh, your, your turn. you got to answer the question, too. You just you, um, you had the same thing going on. I want to hear your perspective. Yeah, to bounce off you, Tyler, so mine was more – so we went through 24 hours of labor at the hospital, and it was pretty tough. So like we go through it. All of a sudden, I guess we get admitted to the hospital on Tuesday morning on the 19th at 5.50. Get there. You know, everything starts. They break her water. She's – whatever dilated. So we walked through the whole day. All of a sudden 11 o'clock, she hits eight centimeters. So we're like, Oh, we're down. Like it's the home stretch. Like we're going, well, all of a sudden I was like, all right, I'm gonna take a quick power nap. You know, it's, I was like, it's 12 o'clock where I guess we waited two hours and it was still like a little bit slow. And so it's one o'clock and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take a quick power nap. And I was like, I'm sure they'll come in a second and then it'll be time and let's go. So fell asleep for about an hour, 30 hour, 40 minutes, wake up. And the nurse was in there saying that, Hey, he's out of position. Uh, you guys, you can try some different positions, see if you, if he'll move. But um, right now we can't get him out and we're going to have to do a C-section if anything doesn't change. So Brooke had, uh, we, we approached the 24 hour mark, which is risk of infection. So we had to go into a C-section. We had to have a C-section and I don't know why we, like Brooke had to have the C-section. Do the C-section but, babies. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so same, same for us. We, we did the same thing. Oh, really? Was it like a planned C-section or? It was planned because he was breached. Like he never turned the whole time. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what my uh, nephew was. He was breached. But yeah, so, but we didn't think it was going to be that way. So all of a sudden it was like, and my wife was just like, no, I do not want to have a C-section. I do not want to have a C-section. That's all she talked about for like nine months. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're having a C-section. And so she's freaking out. I'm trying to remain calm while actually freaking out, but I'm trying to like, you know, Hey, this is, Hey, we finally get to see our son. So finally, like she goes back and then 10 minutes later, I go back, I turn to the guy and I'm like, Hey, how long will it be? And he's like, probably within the next 10 minutes. I was like, okay, cool. 
And like, she is just like, I can tell, like, I can see she's fearful. And she's also on like a ton of drugs probably, but like, she's also fearful. And right as like, all of a sudden it was like, within like two minutes of him saying that, I heard like him cry and I just started crying. Because all I could think about was how beautiful Brooke was in that moment. How like, like all of that stuff that she went through was to get him. And so they were like, do you want to go over there and hold him? I was like, no, I'm not leaving my wife right now. <laughs> like, like, I don't like as much as I love him right now. It's like, man, I love my wife even more during this moment. So, um, is it life altering? I think it just made me love my wife even more. If that makes sense. Certainly. So yeah, it's kind of crazy that they like, they kind of look like aliens at first. I mean, that's just what babies look like, <laughs> but like, and I always thought that I was like, no, babies are not cute. Like I, anybody that says it, it's not true. And then I looked at mine and I was like, man, he's kind of cute. <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. Uh, but anyway, well, hey, let's talk about some basketball or something. Yeah, let's talk some basketball here in a little bit. Uh, congratulations. To, first of all, congratulations to both of you two. Uh, we got some new fathers here. Congratulations. I'm super excited for both y'all. Nate, uh, I know I know y'all are ecstatic too. Coach, Coach Holloway, you as well. Uh, speak. So let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, we got Coach Tyler Holloway on the show with us today. Uh, he is the assistant coach at Belmont. He played at Murray State under Billy, uh, under Billy Kennedy. Uh, from Deca- you're from Decatur, Alabama, correct? Decatur, Alabama. Decatur, Alabama. Uh, went on to be a GA at Belmont. I believe an ops guy at Belmont. And you've been at Belmont ever since. You've been there 13 seasons. Um, man, uh, Coach, appreciate you coming on the uh, pod today. How you doing? Appreciate you guys having me, man. Doing great. Enjoy, uh, enjoy watching some of these uh, that you guys have done. So it's, uh, it's always a good time. So I'm, I'm appreciative that you guys asked me to be on here. For sure, man. For sure. Uh, all right, hey, right. what's going up in the springtime? I mean, what uh, what you up to as a coach? What you, what y'all looking at? What what are you kind of looking forward to? Uh, you know, in this time of year as a coach. Congrats on our your spring, recent by the way. Say it again. I'm sorry. I said congrats on your recent commitment, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. Our spring's been a little bit different than normal springs um, because we lost so much um, in graduating five seniors. Uh, we had two guys um, leave the program as well in the transfer portal. Um, so our spring was a little bit different, you know, having to navigate the transfer portal a little bit, um, which is something that we have not had to do in the past, except for maybe one other time. So it's been a little bit busy in terms of that. And it's also been odd because we've only had, we've had two guys injured. So we only had four and five guys at most of our workouts here in the spring, which was extremely odd because these last two years we had returned our entire team. And so weight workouts and spring workouts have looked more like, you know, practices and, and normal weight workouts. So it was kind of an odd uh, spring for us, but uh, we feel like we, you know, we got some good additions. We're excited about our high school guys that are coming in uh, and hopefully that'll, um, that'll kind of prepare, pr- propel us uh, to have a good summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, let's back up a little bit real quick. Just talk to us about your upbringing with basketball and, you know, from Decatur, Alabama to Murray State. Yeah, born and raised in Decatur, Alabama, um, you know, grew up um, kind of playing all sports. Uh, my mom made me play baseball through my freshman year because she thought that was the only sport I was going to be able to make it in. And so <laughs> I had to play my freshman year, and then I literally quit after the last game and totally focused on basketball. It's, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of ADD, and so sitting out there at shortstop for those long innings was mm. not doing it for me. <laughs> Hey, you and me are, yes, both of us. Um, and so literally my, my full focus turned to basketball from that. Um, and it's just, it's always been my love. I love the game. I love, you know, the relationship piece of it. I love the X's and O's. Um, and, you know, so I went, uh, was not heavily recruited coming out of, coming out of high school. 
Um, I had one big tournament. We played in the Peach Jam summer going into my senior year, and I had a great tournament. And that's really where all my interests and offers came from. Um, had never heard of Murray State before, never heard of Murray, Kentucky. But, you know, when I stepped foot on campus, uh, I just kind of, you know, felt like home. Mick Cronin was actually who recruited me there. Um, who's now out at UCLA and so developed just a good relationship with him and uh, and made the commitment to go there and then that kind of part of my life and something that I've loved doing I'm very thankful to be able to do it for a job yeah coach so I have a question real quick before Asa gets into it because I know Asa's gonna keep diving uh, when you you're at Belmont for 13 years um, you're a GA, you're a Dobo, you have other opportunities. What like drew you in to stay at Belmont? That's a good question. I, I feel like I, you know, a lot of people ask me that question. Um, and, and really the, I mean, the main answer is, is people is what's made me stay at Belmont. Uh, mm-hmm. My experience there has been, in my opinion, coaching one-on-one, you know, with the two guys that I've been able to be under in terms of, you know, on the floor coaching and how to run a program and doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, Nashville certainly has helped, uh, being close to my hometown has helped winning has helped. There's been a lot of things that, uh, that go into it, but there's no doubt the people that we get to be around the staff that I get to be a part of the players that we get to coach our administration, our athletic department, it's what makes Belmont, what Belmont is. And I think anybody that's been a part of Belmont would say the same thing. Uh, and so between, you know, all that mixed together, it's kind of been, you know, I, I think I've learned more and gained, you know, and, and gained more by staying than I have, you know, just bouncing around to fulfill some, you know, coaching ladder or to get different experiences. Um, and while I know that's valuable, I think uh, just as valuable is, is learning from the people that I've got to learn under at Belmont. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, man, so, I mean, what, what's it like to be, uh, so, I, I, you know, now you've been at, at a place 13 years and, you know, I, not to, to, but you know, a lot of people say great things, right? Like Tyler Holloway, you know, one of the top assistant coaches in the country, da, 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 da. You've been here for 13 years. How do you, how do you kind of like control your emotion? Like I, I kind of maybe want, I know it's hard to leave Belmont. I'm kind of maybe want my own, my own chance, my own opportunity somewhere. And as opposed to, you know, being where you've been at for so long, kind of what, like, how do you, how do you decide like when is the right time to maybe take on that, that, that new start somewhere else uh, in your role, given the fact that you, do have such a presence in the, within the Belmont program. Um, and, but then also I'm sure you got your own goals and aspirations as well. Kind of, how do you just navigate that? Yeah, I don't think there's a crystal ball for it, you know, and I don't know if I have an exact answer um, for your question. I think it's a great question, but you know, I've always been very big on, you know, being where my feet are doing the absolute best job I can do where I'm at um, pour into our guys you know, whatever Coach Alexander needs from me, trying to, to do that to the best of my ability and kind of letting that take me where it takes me. Yeah. Um, I have had other opportunities um, that I've not, you know, entertained or entertained but not ended up taking, mm-hmm. you know, simply kind of, kind of to go back to the question that, that, uh, that Nate asked me is, you know, I just feel like I'm, I'm learning and gaining and preparing to become a head coach with the experience that I'm getting on a day-to-day basis in a really good program and, you know, knowing how to win. I think there's a lot of places that don't necessarily know how to win. Yes. And I think being a part of a program that knows how to win in a lot of different ways with a lot of different faces 
in different conferences. I think that is extremely valuable to my resume and something that you can't really, you know, put on a resume. And so, you know, it would have to be a really good situation with really good people that would, you know, steer me away from as good of a situation as I think personally Belmont is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess you, you got to Belmont when they were in the ASUN, correct? That's correct. 2000, uh, 10, 11 was my first year. And was Murray, which conference was Murray in when you played? Was that the? Oh, OV, they were still in the, they've been in the OVC for quite a while now. Okay. So you went OVC, ASUN, OVC, and then Missouri Valley. That's correct. Yep. Hey, so what were you saying? I was just saying, wasn't Murray one of the original OVC teams? Am I correct in saying, or am I wrong? I, it's been a, they've been in there for a while. Yeah. I don't know what year it was, um, but they've definitely been in there a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. But um, so I guess my question was, what is this new jump? What does that look like for you guys? Have you guys had to shift your mind? It's like you guys have been playing not, yeah, I mean, I guess the same teams for a while now. And all of a sudden, now you're taking that leap into the Missouri Valley, a great conference, a tough conference, like one of the, I guess, top 15 probably conferences, top 10 conferences in the country. How, how does that like outlook change for you guys? And being able to build, like what you said, it's like you guys know how to win. How are you going to be able to take that culture into the Missouri Valley? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you talk about how tough a conference it is. These last couple of years, it's been either the 10th or 11th ranked conference. Uh, The Missouri Valley and the A-10 have kind of switched back and forth. So it's a Mm -hmm. really hard league. I I think Belmont uh, was ready for this move. I think, um, you know, the ASUN and the OBC were great for us. They prepared us very well. But this was kind of just the next natural step for Belmont. But there is no doubt it's going to be a difficult step because you go from, you know, a league that maybe was ranked, you know, in the 20s um, mm-hmm. amongst conferences to a, a top 10 conference in the country. So, yeah. you know, I think we're ready for it. I think we have the resources that we need to be competitive in it. But there's no doubt there's going to be a little bit of a, of a you know, a bump in the road just trying to kind of navigate through the new reality of that how tough that conference is. You know, it's a – it's a conference that's a, you know, it's a grinded out league. It's, you know, there's a lot of low scores at times, mm-hmm. uh, or very physical league. And so there's going to be some, um, you know, some, some things that we're going to have to kind of learn on the fly and adapt to and whatnot, you know, but I think our guys are ready for it. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. we're going to have a brand new team next year. We have eight new guys coming in. So that is another piece to it. That's going to yeah. make it a, a tough transition. Um, I think that our guys are up for the challenge of it, you know, and I, I think mm-hmm. it's a league that, you know, we can certainly be competitive in, uh, but it's going to, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough step for us. But, you know, I think everyone involved is, is ready for it and excited, excited for it. And everybody watches Arch Madness in March. And, yeah. you know, so that being a part of that, it's going to be extremely cool and awesome for our guys. Um, so it, it's great. We're, we're all excited. Um, administration wise, mm-hmm. athletic department, our guys, our staff, and, uh, and we're definitely preparing every day to, you know, do everything we can to step in there and be competitive as we can be right away. And I know you guys will be. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just, I mean, you can't, you can't even begin to probably, or I can't begin to understand what losing the pieces that you guys had this past year. Like, that is something that Belmont in general is not used to. One, because they haven't had, how, was it five, fifth, or four or five fifth-year seniors? Five. Five, so – I mean, I mean, no team, for the most part, has had five fifth-year seniors at all. Yeah. Like, it was, I, uh, I don't know if that's been done before. 
I, yeah, no, totally. It was, it was a unique situation because they all ended up redshirting, um, mm-hmm. you know, besides Luke Smith transferring in uh, from Swanee. Uh, but it's a unique – I mean, we, we have been fortunate at Belmont to be old a lot. Mm-hmm. And this will be the first time in a long time that we're not, you know, we're not necessarily old. Um, yes. You know, we've got, you know, two transfers coming in that are old, but mm-hmm. they haven't been a part of our program yet. Exactly. You know, and so, you, you know, thankfully we've got a – an all league, well, who we think is an all league guy and Ben Shepard, you know, in the Missouri Valley Conference and maybe a potential player of the year, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that gives us, you know, hope and a good chance for sure right away. And, and mm-hmm. there's no doubt we're going to depend on some of these young guys, and, you know, things like that to be able to, you know, be as competitive as we want to be. Yeah. I didn't, and the reason I brought that up is because, um, I mean, a lot of people that might not be in the college profession might understand like, okay, well, why don't they just like, they, they should be able to reload immediately. And now the way that everything is trans- or transitioning into the transfer portal, it's just not the way that Belmont basketball has done it in the past. Now they have been in it, but it's not like they've relied on it. They've gotten freshmen, redshirted them, but they've had that ability because of the amount of scholarships because they didn't have five fifth-year seniors. So they were able to put it in the redshirt. So I guess like navigating that situation um, is got to be, I mean, obviously it poses its own challenges. Um, But what is like something that you guys are just like adamant about right now is like, okay, this is the next step. This is what we have to do. And we have to do it as soon as possible and just like stay on them or like, I don't know, you, 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 I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to let you talk. Well, the the transfer portal has definitely made things extremely interesting. And like I said earlier, it's the first time that we've ever had to, kind of navigate through what that looks like. I think the thing that we don't want to do um, as we transition conferences and as, 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 as the transfer portal really takes off and all the NIL talk and all that is we have to stay true to what's made us really good. You know, yeah. I, I remember when I was with Coach Bird and we were transitioning from the Atlantic Sun to the OVC, you know, everybody was like, oh, man, you're going to have to recruit a different type of player. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. And Coach Bird is kind of like, I mean, we're going to – no, we're going to – we're going to be who we are. We're going to recruit the same type kids. We're going to continually try to get. I think that worked. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, we're going to continue Crap. to try to get better players um, as we try to every year. And that would be my answer to your question is that, you know, you know, we have become who we are by having a, a program and not just a team that we reload with every year. And that we have mm. a program of culture, um, a program of, of selfless people, you yeah. know, all the way from coaches to, you know, GAs, to managers, to players. And, I think that is what will drive our success no matter what league we end up being in, you know, even further down the road. If we're in the ACC one day, I, you know, I think we have to stay Man. true to, to our values and what's made us who yeah. we are. And if we go away from that, then that's when you can get into some, some roads that, you know, you don't know what it looks like on the other end of that tunnel. No, yes. Yeah. No, you could have answered that better. I mean, I, I, I think there's – too many people get caught up in what's going on. And I mean, I still am a huge believer if you have a good culture, like a, like a legitimate, I mean, Belmont has a great culture that has sustained time. I mean, time and time again has sustained. It's just like, you just keep doing things the right way. And I mean, I just, I, I obviously I think the world of you guys. So I know you guys are going to get it done, but I hope uh, so. I hope so. But, but my bisons are coming. My bison's are coming. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you. You mentioned you mentioned how to win earlier, um, and and you and you you pretty much answered the question. But I want to I want to ask you this way anyway. What what is what is Tyler 
Holloway's answer to how to win. Uh, you've been you've been in a place like Murray State. You've been in a place mm. like Belmont. Just what, clean cut. Like what is what would be? I mean, what's what's your answer to that question? What's your mission statement to that? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, obviously, winning is hard. Um, but I think when you're in a program or a business or an organization that has been successful, I think just winning breeds winning. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say when we put on a jersey, we're just going to go show up and win. Um, but you know, I think back to, you know, some Nick Saban stuff when it's like, Hey, it's not just about winning. It's about how you go about winning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the standards that you hold yourself to. It's the way that you win. It's the way that you lose. It's the sportsmanship that you, um, that you show, you know, I think all that stuff, um, breeds winning. And I think obviously, you know, good people and selfless people and people that winning truly matters. I mean, I think about a guy like Grayson Murphy that we've had the last five years, four years Mm -hmm. playing. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy simply only, only wanted to win. That's it. He did not care about any award. Mm -hmm. If he'd have been player of the year four straight years, but we'd have been 15 and 15, he'd have said he had a terrible career, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think recruiting people that are competitive and that want to win amongst above everything else you know, I think is a, is a big way that you win. Um, I think the way that you prepare, I think, um, you know, how you handle yourself off, off the court, you know, I think it all goes hand in hand. There's a process to it. You know, there's not a, you just show up and you get it done. Now there's sometimes you can do that because we've been fortunate to have some pretty good players and yep. you know, that can happen sometimes. Um, but it's very rare and it, there definitely, you know, is some, some education and some process that goes along that to, you know, you know, accumulating as, as many wins as we, as we have done. Dude, yeah. Winning breeds winning. That is, that is true, man. Cause I mean, and, and back to what you were saying, I mean, everything matters from the, from the head coach down, down to, you know, everything matters. And it doesn't seem like it does at the time, but you know, the way, the way the a locker room is picked up, uh, you know, the way that you, you set up practice, I mean, just all the stuff matters. And if you forget one little thing here, then, well, then that's exactly what's going to happen when you get on the court. You're, you're going to forget a little assignment here or a little detail that you, that should be really second nature. Um, totally. And that, totally. that happens too often. So you, you were a GA under, under coach bird, and then you, you've been under Casey. I mean, give us, give us kind of some similarities and some, and some differences and maybe, you know, things just that, that you learn from them that you might not get from somewhere else. Yeah. Do you wear the sweater? Like what, what? <laughs> is that the secret to winning right there? The sweater vest? That is the secret. Is that I've, only won, I've only worn a sweater vest one time. And that was the night that we honored coach bird when they renamed <laughs> the court after him. So that's my only time I've thrown on a sweater vest. Maybe it gave yeah. us some good juju or something though. <laughs> So you're saying well, you don't have to wear the sweater vest to win? That's not a recommendation. That's not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Um, Whatever it takes. Yeah, you know, there's, I was fortunate. So my, when I left Murray, uh, I got out of coach. I didn't get into coaching my first year. I was just in Nashville. I did some game operation stuff at Belmont. I interned over at Vanderbilt. Okay. Um, ended up getting a job offer over at Vanderbilt um, doing like sports marketing type stuff. And that's kind of what made me sit down and think, okay, what do I want to do? And I emailed Coach Bird because I had known them a little bit through the recruiting process. And basically, he had me come in and have a meeting with him and Casey. uh, And that's what led me to getting the GA spot and kind of getting my foot back in the door. So it was literally an email answered by Coach Bird that I never thought would get answered. I just went on the website, saw his email. I was like, oh, you know, I'll shoot him an email. I'm already at Belmont. You know, he doesn't have to go out of his way to make this happen. Um, But there's a – there's definitely a lot more similarities and differences between the two. 
Yeah. Um, they both run their programs extremely well. You know, there's, um, there's no gray areas in terms of how we're operating. You know, they both really believe in who they are and what they, you know, what they stand for and how they're going to get things done. Um, you know, I think practices definitely look a lot different. Coach Bird was more slow things down, teach a lot more, the intricate details of things. Um, Coach Alexander is going to be more, hey, we're going to get in there, we're going to get our work done. Mm -hmm. But the pace of practice is going to be a lot quicker, um, a lot more freedom in terms of how we're going to play offensively within our motion. Um, you know, I used, to, I used to tell people all the time that you should have never, you know, going back to me talking about the intricate details with Coach Bird, you should have never scouted Coach Bird, his team's baseline out-of-bounds offense <laughs> because he was going to have three or four new plays every single game, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, like, th that's what I mean in terms of, like, the intricate details with Coach Bird. He just – he liked that stuff a lot and kind of – you know, love the, to, to create advantages and, mm -hmm. you know, wrinkle teams to death, you know, for lack of a better term, <laughs> yes. um, you know, but, but coach Alexander, he is great in game at seeing the game at remembering the game, remembering plays, yep. um, making the right calls at the right time. I think that's a great, I think he's extremely, extremely good at that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's got a very good, just kind of pulse on our team which I think is a, is, a, is, a, is a big asset of his in terms of, you know, when to take days off or when we need certain things. Um, so there's, you know, I could probably answer that question, could take up this entire podcast because there's yeah, so yeah. many things I've taken from both guys. And yeah. that's kind of the beauty of my, me being here 13 years is that, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if I could answer that question with a full podcast if I just bounce around to different places. Maybe I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm very thankful that, my answer to that can be very long winded because I've been under two guys that I've just learned a lot from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it speaks highly. I mean, you, I mean, it speaks highly of them that you would even talk that way. So you could bring up a different, you could bring up a different point every day of the week if you needed to. I mean, no question. It kind of makes you think differently and think of things. You got, you have to deliver it from a different, from a different, you have to come in a different door almost. You know what I'm saying? For you sure. got to kind of think the way that you think differently. Nate, we're talking about, you know, COVID zooms and, how it, I told him that I wouldn't pay him for it. And he said that, you know, they, they weren't, and eventually they had to. And, and anyway, we were talking about COVID Zooms. I was talking about how it kind of made you think differently outside the box. You kind of had to come up with different ways to be creative and, you know, give your delivery to a recruit. Well, well yeah. I mean, hey, look what we started during COVID, Asa. Uh, yeah, we started a podcast. Jeff. I started a Lee Men's basketball podcast because I didn't think we could get out in the community during COVID. That's why oh, I started wow. The Lee um, Men's Basketball Podcast. And then I already had the equipment. I was like, Asa, let's do the Mind of a Coach podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So then here we are. And then he's flipping ran with it while I've been kind of just a tag along. Coach, what, so you, what's it like? I mean, let's say you graduated from Murray in 2009. They had – so it went – it goes – it basically goes like you, Isaiah Cannon – uh, like they, uh, Jonathan Stark or Cameron Payne, Jonathan Stark, and then jo like you're you're at the beginning of like a long list of basically NBA players. They basically just got a bad player out of there and then started signing a bunch of NBA guys. Is what they did. <laughs> I don't need I don't need to be mentioned with those names. <laughs> Man, but but at the same time, I don't, I, I, don't, I say that to say, I mean, you kind of set a found you didn't you, one way or another you set a foundation, right? For some guys that, that came in like you, there was a way that you did things that obviously, you know, paid off and, and it's showing now Like there was a way that you did things and they were able to bring in guys after you to, 
you know, do what they did. And I just, I think that's cool for you to be a part of that lineage. For sure. I mean, the, the, the neat thing for me going to Murray, I would, I wouldn't change that decision for anything. My time at Murray was incredible. I love, you know, everybody there. The basketball program is so supported by the community. And, but the, the tough part that I had to go through is I was recruited there by Mick Cronin. Um, my freshman year, we went to the NCAA tournament, played North Carolina, and that's when he left and took the, um, the Cincinnati job. Got you. And so, you know, transitioning in, you know, to another coach, another style of play. And so we had a lot of guys leave during that transition. And so my sophomore year, it made it, uh, it made it tough. We filled a team basically almost right before the season started. And so we kind of played catch up because of that my last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and honestly, you know, Billy Kennedy's had a lot of great coaching seasons, but us going 16 and 14 my sophomore year might have been his best of all because of the team that we had to field basically last minute. I mean, it was me and two other scholarship guys, and that's all we had. Mm-hmm. And this was before the transfer portal was out there, and you could almost just, you know, piece together a team and yeah. make it happen, you know. Yeah. So, um, so that's what made it hard my last three years was just – I loved playing for Billy Kennedy, but it was just a – it was a tough transition at that time to go from being as good as we were – my freshman year and being in a program that's historically been, you know, really good. Yeah. They had a, like a ridiculous amount of 20 plus win seasons in a row. I mean, it was definitely, like definitely. And so, but that's what made it kind of tough my last three seasons. And then, you know, I graduated and Isaiah Cannon came in as a freshman. Um, and that's kind of when the, the steam really got rolling in the right direction. I mean, he changed everything. So that's why I say they, they got me the bad player out of there and got a really good player in there and started winning again. <laughs> no, no way. No way. Hey, well, I, I'll tell you what, I did. Well, you weren't that bad. You had, I saw today, you had 230 or 210 threes or whatever and scored a thousand points. So you, you, you weren't a slouch by any stretch of the means. Yeah, I, was, I, could, I could definitely fill it up. I, I could shoot it and, uh, and couldn't play much defense, and that was about it. Hey, uh-huh. see, Tyler, let's go. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, Nate. Come on, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Coach, we like to do some rapid fire. Is that cool with you? I'm in. All right, man. Here we go. Um, I say this is why last technical, last technical, coach or player. Sorry, say it again. Last technical, coach or player. What do you mean? I'm sorry, I don't know what you mean. Have you have you ever gotten a technical as a coach? Oh, last technical. All right, do yeah. it again. <laughs> all right, all right, coach. Last technical. Never had one in my entire life. Not even playing. Not even playing. Nice. Wow. Cool, calm, and collected. That's I say right. it all. The, I had one. I had one while playing. That was it. I'll. I'll tell you the story about one of mine in college after this. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm not going to ask this. The next one is, have you ever been kicked out of a game? Uh, that's a no. Nope. Um, ever done to basketball on a 10-foot rim? The best I ever was able to do was my junior year at Murray. I was able to go up and miss the dunk, but I couldn't get high enough to throw it down. <laughs> so the answer is no, never dunked on a 10-foot goal. You put me on an 8-foot goal, though, I can do some LeBron stuff. Yeah, you can do, you can do some stuff right there. <laughs> Um, all right, okay. Um, you are up three at the end of the game. They have the last shot. Do you foul or let it play out? Uh, I think it is, it's dependent on your personnel. If I was at Belmont, I would probably let it play out. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, are you leaving your best player in with two fouls in the first half? Yes, periodically. Periodically, yeah. Mm. Um, all right, are you going for the tie or going for the win? Win. Win? No, no matter what. I, uh, yeah, and I reference that back to a time when we played Murray um, in the OVC championship in 2015 when we went for the win instead of the tie when we were down two. 
Was that, um, was and that I just was, had some conviction with that, with Coach Bird doing it. And, yeah. you know, I, I like to – I like X's and O's a lot. So, I probably – I know that at the end of games you, you have to have players make plays. I totally understand that. But uh, I'm very into putting players in the right position to, to get a good look. And so, um, I don't want that to sound – I don't want that to be ego at all. But I just – I like the – challenge to try to go for the win and put one of our players in a really good spot to make the big play yeah strategic which goes into my i'm going to bounce off this do you like chess i've never played chess actually i yeah. just started playing I'm, I'm i'm getting you on it right now i saw your story or some other of you playing chess re- so uh, much strategy it'll piss you off i'll tell you oh <laughs> um, too much <laughs> yeah, um, yeah yes for real Casual or professional on the sidelines? Casual, 100%. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's the best, one of the best things that happened with COVID in terms of our profession. Yeah, Agreed. yeah absolutely. Um, all right, early morning practice or evening or night practice? Early morning. Early morning, yeah. Get it over with? Yeah, get it over Evening, that's tough, especially, you know, Nate and I now know with having a child, man, that's, that's yeah. rough right there. You want to at least get home and spend some time with your boy. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. Uh, if you were not coaching basketball, what would you be doing? I'd be a PGA tour professional golfer. Perfect answer for the next. (laughs) (laughs) This is the golfing podcast. Probably wouldn't be good enough, but that's what I would want to do. So, so I played nine this morning, Asa. Did you really? Yes. Played terrible. Just keep going. Yeah, I, I, don't, I played I, Saturday. I couldn't find a fairway. And I played the previous Saturday. I shot an 88. So I was, you know, okay. I was all right. Yeah, all right. Well, that, Tyler, that's a perfect, perfect answer for this next question, which is what is your handicap in golf? I'm normally around like a 10. I'm probably normally anywhere from, you know, low 80s to high 80s. And like a bad round for me would be, you know, low 90s to mid 90s. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, all right. Okay. Should every team make the conference tournament? No. No. Why not? I think you're, you should be rewarded for the work that you did during the regular season. And I, I think you devalue the regular season if you just allow everyone to make the conference tournament. I think there needs to – I think the regular season is such a hard thing uh, to grind through and to work through. That's why I think regular season championships are incredible and by far the best gauge of who the best team is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think rewarding teams that were bad during the regular season and you know went whatever you know mm-hmm. said they went zero and eighteen. I don't know why they would need to be rewarded in the conference tournament. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, all right, last one: uh, LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. <sighs> Come on, man. I grew. Hey, I grew up, man. That's. I think it's all about when you grow up. And it is who you watched and growing up, man. I used to have my little rip away, you know, pants, and I would. I'd put on my Space Jam music and try to go dunk on my six-foot goal like I was Mike. And, you know, <laughs> so it's just it, – I, I was enamored by him. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a quick answer for me. But I by no means am I a guy that doesn't understand what LeBron has done for the game and how good he is. And, you know, he is certainly in that conversation without a doubt. <laughs> hey, so you need to put that as a blooper on there. The way you just grunted and said, ah, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put that on there. Oh man, I just need one, man. I just need one. Um, Coach, I got I Giannis. Talk- you didn't ask me. I got Giannis. You got Giannis. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Whatever. Um, good. Oh, 
uh, let me judge on one thing real quick. What uh, for somebody you mentioned, you know, you love X's and O's for somebody that is not, uh, you know, for, let's say for somebody that is for a coach who's that their strength is not X's and O's. What, what's some advice you could give to them, uh, you know, to get better just at X's and O's? I think I've learned. I think um, I think I have. I personally feel like I have just a natural ability to see the game. I don't know if that's from just playing it um, or just seeing it. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a good way. Um, but I think I've also learned a ton just from watching film. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes guys watching film, they just get um, like narrow, narrowly focused on whatever they're doing, whether that's a scouting report or they're just trying to watch a specific thing. And so my advice would be when you're watching film, you know, kind of have more of an open mind to the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've seen plays by doing that. I've seen, you know, I've added workouts to to our position, uh, my position guys, because of watching film. Yeah. Um, and so, to me, that's a great way to do it and seeing, you know, how people do certain things. Is there something you can pick up on that we could apply with our guys? Um, so, that would be, to me, a practical way yeah. to really understand the game and think through the game and, and see the game a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Um, well, Nate, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? No, sir. All right. Well, uh, Coach, man, again, we appreciate you coming on. Um, where can everybody find you on uh, social media? Say it again now. Where can everybody find you on social media? Twitter, you know, Instagram, whatever. You on social media? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Coach T. Holloway is the Twitter handle. Coach T. Holloway. Gotcha. Well, you can find myself on uh, Instagram at the Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. You can find myself on Twitter at Coach Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. You can find Nathan on Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. Uh, you can find Mind of a Coach on Instagram uh, at Mind of a Coach. And you can find us on Twitter at Mind of a Coach Pod. Uh, Coach Holloway, man, appreciate it again. Uh, great to talk to you. Uh, appreciate, you know, all the insight you gave us. Um, best of luck to you this year, man. I know it's uh, I know it's going to be different. Y'all going to do different conference, but uh, good luck to y'all. Appreciate you guys. This is, this is awesome what you're doing, and I appreciate you uh, you including me on this. I had a great time. For sure, man. For sure, man. Thank we'll you. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.